0: Funny how it be funny, like I'm a clown, amuse you. Like I'm a clown, like I'm a clown, like I'm a clown, like I'm a clown, I'm a clown, I'm a clown. Rosebud, Rosebud, Rosebud. You know, guys, you know, first I'm going to say this this is silver screen video. You know it. It's me, Jonathan, here with Jacob. Look, Jacob watched the wrong movie. There's really no way to sugarcoat what's going on here. Uh, <laughs> for for those of you who, who were listening a few weeks ago, we did an episode where Jacob didn't watch the movie at all. So I guess this is a step in the right direction. Um, but I'll just set the... Before I let you defend yourself, which you have no defense, but still. Uh, we go to record and... And Jacob says, hey, let's talk about Blonde a little bit, because I think it 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 shares something in common with the movie we watched. And I was like, no, it doesn't. Uh, and then he went on to explain the plot of the movie that he watched, not the correct movie. And I was like, that doesn't sound like Scanners at all. And uh, here we are.
1: <laughs> Look, you know, I mean, I, I have no defense. You said it already. I have no defense. This is um, an egregious error on my part and we were almost not going to record but i th- and so if, if you don't like this episode blame me because i'm the one who were like nah we'll find stuff to talk about we should just go ahead and record something so uh well
0: thankfully thankfully next to on my notepad next to all the notes i took for the correct movie i also have several things uh, that i watched that if we had time i was going to talk about because they're all scary movies except for one of them uh so i i am prepared for anything, I just did not think I would need to be prepared for this. Uh, but here we are.
1: <laughs> but here we are. Now, you know, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so, got a, you got a fucking deadbeat for a for a uh, a podcast co-host. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, don't be so hard on yourself,
0: buddy. Uh, anyway,
1: <laughs> uh, so <laughs> that sounded convincing. <laughs>
0: Uh, here we are guys. Uh, we, we were supposed to do an episode on scanners today, but the good news is, uh, what we're going to do, uh, is we're just going to do a double header and, uh, do scanners and the other movie that we were going to split up and, uh, and just do, you know, it's Halloween. They're both, uh, I hate to use the word, like neither of them are scary. I, one of them I would put in the horror category. I don't, really know if scanners belongs in the horror category but that's obviously a conversation for when we discuss
1: scanners but (laughs) don't know i um, didn't watch it
0: i was very surprised because i haven't seen it in years i was very surprised by uh the lack of of horror even though it is by definition a horror movie uh i guess body horror either way we'll get to it but i was surprised um but I have been watching a lot of scary movies uh, so far for the month of October uh, because it is that time of the year, as they say. Have you watched anything scary or have you just been not watching the movies we're supposed to watch for the podcast?
1: Um, I watched a pretty scary Japanese movie called Kuroniko.
0: Oh, man, that sounds crazy. I haven't got a chance to watch that yet. <laughs>
1: that we're going to do for an upcoming episode. But uh, other than that, uh, no, I I haven't watched a single scary movie. How have you not watched any scary movies? Like, I don't even understand that. It's Halloween time. Well, I mean, part of it could be uh, something we discussed off pod, Uh, That I that I didn't think we were going to discuss on the podcast, but uh, the fact that I uh, need an eye exam and have been wearing sunglasses for the last two weeks in place of my regular glasses. So, you know what, that actually is
0: a fair point. I didn't think about that. Uh, That means if you watch the. If you watched a horror movie that was rather dark, you wouldn't know what the fuck was going on.
1: Right. I mean, Um, it's a huge pain in the ass, obviously, to sit in and watch a fucking movie in sunglasses. So I haven't been watching anything like I mean, I've been keeping up on like some TV shows. But no, I've been you know, I haven't been watching anything because, you know, I don't want to spoil it. No, I don't want to spoil a movie by wasting it and watching it with sunglasses on, you know. Yeah,
0: no, that's fair. That's fair. So.
1: Well, except for okay. this Japanese movie I watched recently, Kuranizo. I watched that with sunglasses on <laughs> because I wanted to prepare for the episode.
0: Yeah, you wanted to prepare for the wrong episode. <laughs> um, so, OK, look, I got a couple of things I want to get out of the way. I have two things not scary movie related. You have something not scary movie related, which we will get to, because um, that's also a case where I haven't seen the movie. But when we talk about it, obviously, that won't be a problem. You guys will find out why. Um Look, just real quick, I have something that I feel the need to celebrate, okay? Like I am I was in a giddy giddy mood yesterday because of this. So there's a movie I'm obsessed with that came out in 2004 and or 2003, one of the two. And it's called Pool Hall Junkies. I can't explain to you why I love this movie so much, but it is just a movie that I I am obsessed with. So I had a copy of it cuz I bought it when it first came out, and I lost it during one of my mini moves. And I've never been able to find it. So like three years ago, I bought a copy of it off eBay, but it was in a domain two kind of, for those of you that don't know, DVDs are set up on two different domains, possibly more. I don't know the specifics anyway. uh, So I couldn't watch it Uh, for like the last three years. I've had the DVD and I was, I need to get a domain two DVD player, but I haven't gotten one anyway. Licensing apparently switched up. This has happened a couple of times with hard to find movies uh, that I've been looking for. And it's streaming for free on YouTube. And I watched it and it was amazing. I have not seen it in like five years. And uh, it's on YouTube for free. If you watch it with an ad blocker, you get no ads. I encourage you guys to watch it. Even if you don't like it, just watch it to experience it because it is awesome. Now, if you like Pool, clearly, it's gonna, you're going to be at an advantage. If you don't like Pool, hopefully you'll still like the movie. I can't remember if I ever forced you to watch this uh you back did. in the day. You
1: did. Oh, I did? I didn't remember you, that. I'm assuming you, you didn't like it, it. And I don't remember anything about it.
0: Well, it's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say it's a great movie. Basically, it is a pool, it's it's a pool movie. It's like it's like Rounders, but for pool. And it was a Mars Callahan. He wrote it, directed it, starred in it. Passion Project. Couple of recognizable faces though. Chas and Terry. Uh, Christopher Walken and a couple of other uh, small, like small name actors. Either way, uh, apparently didn't make any money. And as far as I know, Mars Callahan never did anything else. But uh, either way, uh, it's still so fucking awesome, and it was so fun to just watch it. And the fact that it still holds up and still makes me laugh. And uh, I really got into pool after I watched this. Like it was crazy. Uh, I like bought a really nice cue. And like played a lot of pool, lost some money, won some money, but I'm pretty sure, uh, because of this movie, when I was like 16, I, uh, I invested thousands of dollars into pool, either by gambling or buying nice cues, playing in general. Thousands. Wow. Yeah, dude. Like the pool cue I bought was like 350 bucks or some shit. Jesus. Yeah, dude, I went all in. I got pretty good too. And, uh, then I just stopped playing because I was like, you know what? I don't like pool very much. It just makes it just puts me in a state of pure fury half the time. So,
1: you know, it's interesting. Um, I know obviously pool is a, is an example, but also poker is an example for you. Um, are there any other movies that like have caused you to like basically pick up a new hobby like that other than, than those two? I mean, the only one that I, that is coming to mind immediately for me is, um, which is not not nearly as cool as, you know, watching rounders and becoming like an actual good poker player. Um, but the movie Ratatouille made me want to cook. And so for like, um, like three or four years after um, I watched Ratatouille, I, like uh, I, I cooked a lot, you know, cooked a lot of different things. So. Uh, See, I
0: like that. That's cool. I don't have the patience for cooking, but I admire it.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, I just like, obviously, you know, cooking is a metaphor for, you know, really anything any any kind of uh, mode of art in that movie. And I wish I could have took that to heart and <laughs> started writing at that point in my life. But um, but yeah, instead, I, I, j- I took the metaphor uh, uh, as literal and started cooking. And um, I don't know, I'm trying hard to think of anything else. Can you think of anything well, else like a hobby you picked up because of a movie?
0: Yeah, I remember watching American History X and uh <laughs> 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 No, that was that was a joke. Um
1: Well to be one fair, of the funniest things you've said on the podcast. I'm just gonna say it.
0: <laughs> to to be fair, Rounders came out in like ninety seven. I I didn't get into poker probably till like two thousand. So rounders was something where like I watched it and it was a great Matt Damon movie, but it didn't mean that to me until I got into poker around 2000, 2001. And then it became like, okay, now I can appreciate this movie on a whole new level.
1: Oddly enough,
0: oddly enough, uh, pool hall junkies for pool. I I have two more that are kind of weird, but they legitimately did make me get into a hobby. Um, After I watched the greatest game ever played, which is a Shia LaBeouf movie about the first time an American won the PGA tour, like back in the early 1900s or midnight. I don't remember the specific year I got into golf, but that lasted, I swear to God, it lasted like two months because I broke like three clubs and it was a problem. So I was like, like I I don't uh, need it.
1: You don't seem like you have the, the, uh, what do they call it? The, the personality for golf
0: that either. Uh yeah. and then the other one uh after I watched Warrior I got into I I kind of got into MMA before but Warrior really put it into like top gear and that's a hobby that stuck. I've done that. I've done MMA ever since. Uh hmm. But I mean, yeah, dude, sometimes movies can That's actually a good question for our listeners. Guys, hit us up on Twitter, email whatever. Have you started a hobby because of a movie? Like you know, clearly only safe for work hobbies, guys. We don't want to hear anything you know, <laughs> like that. So, I don't know. Like, well, you I, I is- watched show girls and started stripping.
1: <laughs> Actually, no, if you, if you watch showgirls and became a stripper, um, please DM us uh, or DM me. Actually, that's, that. that sounds cool. Yeah. All right. Anyways, I, you know, I had my, I, I had my, for, for all the listeners out there keeping up with my, uh, with my, uh, health, personal healthcare decisions. Uh, and I know there are a few of you. Um, I, uh, I got my microchip, uh, put in today. I got my, um updated booster for the vaccine. So I'm hoping, um, I don't know what this is going to let me do. I don't know if it, maybe it glows under, you know, I have to get a black light and see if it you know, glows under my skin or I don't know. I don't know what little tricks it's going to let me do, but uh, maybe that's affecting, um, maybe that's affecting my brain today. You know, who knows?
0: Yeah, bro. I don't, I don't get, I don't take precautions for imaginary illnesses. So I don't know what you're
1: talking about. So, uh, (laughs) i mean i don't either i was i just i'm just in it for the microchip i just want bill to know where i'm at at all times
0: dude i don't even give a shit about that like if there was just a chance like if they were like look it's like a golden ticket like one out of every like i don't know 10 million booster shots will give you some type of uh power or or something i would i would be down for that 100 percent. i don't care about the side effects of it uh i honestly forgot boosters existed in all reality um <laughs> So I got vaccinated and all that but then I forgot to do anything else. So Yeah,
1: I mean, the boosters are probably uh beside the point, but uh hey, you know, I'm being careful out here in these streets. That's true, but you should be more
0: concerned about getting stabbed or shot on the street, which the booster uh, I've read, I'm not I can't confirm this. I've read it doesn't help with that. So
1: It doesn't. No, maybe the next maybe the next one will help with that. I don't know. We'll see.
0: Okay, listen. I have got one <laughs> okay, more thing. Okay, moving on
1: from the fucking uh, Jewish comedy hour in
0: 1925 uh yeah also uh <laughs> anyway
1: um so <laughs> oh boy
0: so uh yeah i got one more thing to to say this doesn't have to be a long conversation but look i've been seeing a lot of shit on twitter about uh about uh, this fucking chris pratt situation uh with mario and i'm sorry for anybody <laughs> for anybody fighting for Mario to be voiced by a real Italian, that shit's some of the funniest I've I've ever, that's some of the funniest shit I've ever heard. Uh, (laughs) Like, no, Mario Mario is an Italian icon. He has to be voiced by a real Italian. And it's like, no, like, Chris Pratt is a terrible choice for many reasons, but let's just all be honest. The movie's going to be terrible. And also, most of the people complaining about it will never watch it because we're all going to forget it exists in like a week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say, like, uh, n- <laughs> this is not for anti-Italian reasons. I want it to be very clear that I'm very much in support of any Italian erasure um, that we can do. So, I don't- yeah,
0: yeah. For for those of you that that haven't listened to all of our episodes, Jacob is very vocal about his anti-Italian, uh, anti-British, uh, anti-Australia. Like, he's very vocal about hating these these people. So,
1: and just, I want I want to yeah. be very clear here too. It's um it's uh it's 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 not italians it's italian americans that i'm against right so uh, okay well i guess that helps yeah so i'm assuming you know the italians you know they built rome and they you know built the colosseum and all that cool shit uh italian americans you know built uh, a couple of pork shops in new jersey you know like it's come on what are we doing here um
0: i don't know if i can condone that message entirely
1: but i will say i will say The fact that Chris Pratt is voicing Mario is kind of bullshit, like, just in a movie-making way, because it's like, dude, you couldn't at least make him fucking sound like Mario? You know, like, the Italian thing is beside the point. Like, you couldn't at least make him sound like Mario? Did you have to make him sound like fucking soy voice, like Chris Pratt being like, wow, look at the Mushroom Kingdom, you know, like... (laughs) It's like, not that, well, not that I'm going to watch this movie, you know, but like, come on, man. Like, you can't even you can't even pretend you can't even just have somebody do kind of a Mario accent, you know? Well,
0: the th- the, they're caught between a rock and a hard place, and I'm by no means defending the studio because fuck the studio and fuck this entire idea. I still ride pretty hard for the Bob Hoskins old school
1: Mario. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now we're um, talking.
0: Yeah, dude, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, though, from the studio perspective. The moment you cast Chris Pratt, not only did you cast him at the heat, I remember reading, at the heat of his uh, issues online with people digging into his life and, and people at Marvel having to defend him and all that, which we won't get into because I don't give a fuck about that. Uh, you you can't have Chris Pratt doing like a fake accent. Like, hey, it's me, Mario, right. and shit like that. Right. Like, that's not going to fucking work. So. What did you want him to do exactly? Did you want him to get in there? And it sounds like he didn't play around with the voice at all. So it's like he got bad studio direction. I can't even blame Chris Pratt for that. Like, clearly the studio was like, you know what? This is going to be fine. Like, we need you to do that voice.
1: So (laughs) I don't know. Just be you. (laughs) What everybody wants from a Mario movie, Chris Pratt, you know, Um, And it's
0: like, I I listened to Mark Maron talk about doing voice work and Mark Maron's like, he did a voice for a movie called the bad guys. He did a voice for the Mr. Snake and Rockwell was like a wolf or some shit. And he's like, I'm doing this voice. That's like destroying my vocal cords. Like, Hey, it's me, Mr. Snake and shit like that. And everyone else is doing Their regular voice. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I the idiot putting effort into this when everybody else just collecting a paycheck and Rockwell's just being Hey, look, I'm Mr. Wolf. What do you you want to do over here?
1: (laughs) No, it's really it's great. It's it's, you know, it's like there are there are actual voice actors who are like really talented, you know, and like, you know, could be capable of doing like that kind of Mario voice, but not making it unlistenable for an hour and a half movie. You know what I mean? Like, I'm confident there is a voice actor out there who could absolutely knock it out of the park and make it. You know, make Mario seem like the protagonist of an animated kids movie, but also, you know, true to the little the the video game sound at least a little bit. But yeah, like instead, like that shit happens all the time. I mean, dude, Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin is literally like, "Wow, I'm the boss, baby!" Like it's just Alec Baldwin's voice. Like, like, dude,
0: which is awesome.
1: What are we doing here, man? Like, (laughs) nobody's even trying anymore. That that's the main thing. Nobody's even fucking trying anymore. What's going to make matters
0: worse is when this movie comes out and Jack Black and Keegan-Michael Key and Anya Taylor-Joy and this all-star voice cast, I know I'm forgetting a few of them. That's just off the top of my head. They're all doing these great voices. Like they're all just like, (laughs) especially Keegan dude. He's killing the voices toad, right? Everybody's trying really hard. And then Chris Pratt's going to be like, imagine the third act climax and Bowser's there and he's trying to rescue peach and, and Toad's trying to help and Luigi's giving it his all and then Mario's in the middle like guys I'm I'm going to take care of this like <laughs> I'm 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 going to handle business and everyone else is just exploding with animation <laughs> it's going to be awesome
1: Mario's just going to pop his head up in the middle of it and go um did that just happen <laughs> 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 but no it's I'm telling you it's it's the nobody's trying like that's the only that's the only thing to take away from this it's like They literally are like, because, you know, I know there are people who like, you know, maybe fans of like the Mario universe or whatever. And maybe they've always wanted to see like a a really well done CGI version of, you know, the Mario universe, like a Pixar Mario movie. Like, okay, that's cool. Like, I'm not one of those people, but I'm sure they exist. But like the studio is literally just like, yeah, all you people with kids are going to eat this slop up. Like, we don't give a shit, you know, like. Here's Chris Yeah, but Pratt. let's be
0: fair. Animation's been like that for a while. I mean... True,
1: true. But it's just, like, so funny. It's so obvious that they just... No one gives a shit. Pratt doesn't give a shit. The only people who give a shit are the overworked animators who are like, please pay us overtime for making this movie.
0: And the studio's like, <laughs> no overtime for you. We don't give a shit if this bankruptcy company or not. Now keep <laughs> going. Keep going. There's
1: no unions in Korea. <laughs>
0: Like somebody comes in and they're like, sir, I really don't know with this animation style and this story. I really don't know how Chris Pratt's voice is going to be. If you don't let him do something creative and he just immediately gets slapped and fired and they bring in somebody else. And here we are.
1: Right. So welcome to Hollywood, baby.
0: Listen, I just wanted to bring that up. I mean, look, I'm not a Pratt fan. I'm also not anti Pratt, believe it or not. People in this world can still be completely indifferent. And that's where I am with Pratt. The guy peaked in Parks and Rec. He was all right in Guardians of the Galaxy. Everything else, he's just been dull old Chris Pratt putting his hand up, talking to fucking Raptors. I mean, I don't know where to tell you people. So
1: I think I think Pratt is not a very interesting movie star, but I do think he was. Um, I mean, obviously, Parks and Rec is a is a great, like comedic supporting performance, like obviously. Um, but I think he's pretty good in guardians as just kind of uh actually, no, I would say he's pretty good in guardians um, just thinking back on it. But I, I think the problem is he should have just been, you know, Peter Quill in every movie, you know what I mean? He should have done a Harrison Ford thing where it's like, okay, I'm Han Solo in every fucking movie now because Han Solo rules and that's cool. You know what I mean? And like, he should have just done that, but instead he does the Jurassic park movies and his character—I've only seen the first one, the Jurassic World—but like, I remember his character in that movie is completely humorless. Like, he's just like, well, that, that
0: I'm—I'm going to have to beg the differ with you there because the writing is worse in Jurassic Park. Because James Gunn is a good writer, he's still trying to be Peter Quill, but the the material does not support the the what he's doing. Like, so, so he had a shitty script with all the Jurassic Park movies, all three of them. He is trying to be Peter Quill. That's the problem, though. Because
1: it's okay. not working because those scripts aren't good. That's fair. So maybe, yeah, it could be. I mean, because I've only seen the first one and it was like the day it came out in theaters. So it was years ago. Um, so, yeah, that 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 makes sense. Um, I'll tell you this, though. I watched The Terminal List, which we don't discuss TV
0: very often on here. I watched it weeks ago. And honestly, he was good in that. He was like this crazy ex-military guy just taking vengeance for someone killing his family. And it's just eight episodes of Chris Pratt running around gutting people
1: and killing them. It was awesome. I mean, he's good in Zero Dark Thirty, you know? I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a small role, but, you know, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, the really the only objectionable things about Chris Pratt are his, like, public persona is really annoying and his... You know, the Jurassic Park movies, actually. Other than that, I mean, he's mostly... I mean, I don't know. I never saw that sci-fi movie he did with Jennifer Lawrence, but... um, Yeah, me either. Yeah, I don't know. I
0: also didn't see that Amazon movie he did. To be fair, outside of uh, the Jurassic World movies and, and obviously Parks and Rec and the Guardians movie, like, honestly, I don't know. He could be doing something different. I know the Tomorrow War was hated by everyone. I know the Jennifer Lawrence movie was pretty hated by everyone um the terminal list was really where he took a dark turn
1: i'll tell you this i want
0: to i want to see more of that
1: i'll tell you this he's certainly not he's certainly not a movie star like uh, you know like he's not he, he is not like the reason that anybody went and saw guardians of the galaxy or he's not in the top 10 reasons why that movie's good you know what i mean so i think that's that's the point which they tried to make chris pratt a movie star and it's like he's not a movie star not everybody is you know not every chris is a movie star folks
0: it's true. It's true. I would, um, yeah, I think, I think I really don't know who I, who I would take over him or him or Hemsworth. I like Pine better than both of them. Agreed. So I think that's our, that's our three Chris's. Do we have any more Hemsworth? Evans. Fratt, you're thinking you're forgetting about Evans. I like Evans. He's uh he's all right, I guess. I I guess I would take him over Pratt. Honestly, some of them all blend together except for Chris Pine.
1: Evans so. uh, Evans can fuck off. He's fine as Captain America, but like uh, Chris Evans has that thing that John Ham sometimes um sometimes has where he just like he does it in knives out where he's just like I'm being a comedian. You know, it's like when these like really like good looking like leading man types are like they finally get to do comedy and they just like go overboard, it's like calm down, all right like first of all,
0: yes, he is handsome,
1: second of all <laughs> john
0: John Ham and bridesmaids was fantastic, so I don't know what you're talking about
1: I actually disagree with that. I don't think he is I think he's
0: oh, you disagree with that I think
1: he's really hamming it up.
0: <laughs> he's supposed to. He's supposed to ham it up, not just because his name is ham, but because that's what the movie called for.
1: (laughs) I I disagree. I don't think it did. I think. And he's the same way in 30 Rock, too. He's just like he's trying too hard. You know what I mean? He handsome people have too much self-confidence to really sell comedy. You know, like it's it's the same way with Evans and Knives Out. It's like you're not really selling this. You know, you kind of have to be self-deprecating a little bit to really sell the comedy. And, you know. Wow. Well. You heard it here. Eleven years after
0: the movie came out, <laughs> Jacob thinks John Ham's bad and bridesmaids. <laughs> Hot take.
1: <laughs> look, man. Hey, look, you're never gonna find a bigger ham lover than me. Okay, all right, pal. John Ham is, you know, he's he's close to God. Um, hamliness. Yeah, is and close he's to hilarious. <laughs>
0: uh whatever dude i think he's great and and Mates. i don't even know how we got here he's not a chris we were discussing Chris's. also evans is fine and knives out like whatever don't blame him no, blame the script don't blame him blame the script blame ryan
1: johnson no i'm i'm blaming uh, I'm, well i'm blaming ryan johnson for i mean a lot of things <laughs> to
0: be fair knives out was a good movie until the beat it over your head metaphor that was the third act um I, I i like knives out i'm looking that is secret. fine
1: i really i really i enjoyed knives out mostly like it's fine but like i'm just saying like chris evans hamming it up is like actually I, I'll, I'll this is a topic for this is way off topic but ryan johnson is not a good actor's director um i don't think he's much of a good director period if you know what i mean but uh
0: hey okay let's let's pump the brakes there now <laughs> um Look, okay, let's you know actually that was a really nice that was a really nice accidental segue. I feel certain you didn't do it on purpose for obvious reasons. But uh Ana de Armas was the uh was the co-star and knives out and you wanted to talk about Blonde. So what
1: a segue. Just seamless. Just, just as, right as in I there. said,
0: accidental because you get zero credit for it.
1: Um to Blonde. I don't even know where to start. Um Well,
0: here's the thing. I just want to say I haven't seen it. I got 15 minutes into it and I was like, you know what? Not today, maybe later. Um, I've only heard about it a lot from you and I've read on Twitter. We did a guest episode that has not came out yet uh, where I say I haven't seen it. Odds are that will be the case when that episode actually comes out. Uh, Cause that episode will be out in like a month. So either way you can talk about it. I can jump in, I guess, whenever I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with what you're talking But tell us what the problem with blonde is. Cause you, said that Paul Schrader's quote was the closest to accuracy you've seen. And I, and I have to agree with you having not seen the movie, I have to agree with that.
1: So, well, let's, let's, I'll just do the quote from Schrader first and then I'll kind of expound upon it. Cause I, I watched it with the day it came out because, you know, obviously, you know, we're Dominic fans. We love, uh, killing him softly and, um, you know, Jesse James, assassination of Jesse James, you know, um, we like Andrew Dominic. Um, I am in love with Anna DeArmas and I'm glad to see her um, getting, I mean, really, really such an incredible role. Um, so I was on board and I, I also like Marilyn Monroe, you know, um, because she's an old Hollywood star. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, you, you either, you know, Marilyn lives in your heart or she doesn't at this point, you know, and like, so I'll just give, I'll just give Trader's quote. Um, <clears throat> he says, quote, there's one, oh wait, shit, where? Uh... Oh, okay, blonde. Sorry, I, I lost my place there. There's one thing wrong about this film. Given the back and forth carping, I held off seeing blonde, but when I did, I was thunderstruck by its brilliance and inventiveness. Dominic's kaleidoscopic approach, juxtaposing colors, screen formats, camera styles, music, sound effects, and image manipulation creates an indelible character study. But it's not Marilyn Monroe. This is this is still the traitor quote. That's the one thing wrong part. This would have been far better if freed from Marilyn Monroe's history. Even though it fictionalizes cringingly, Blonde is defined by its historical model. The criticism applies to the novel as well. Why the gleeful need to jump on Monroe's cadaver for a romp? Can't these fabulators trust their own creativeness? Was there need to exploit irresistible? Dominic made a great film, but it wasn't about Marilyn Monroe. His great film is now a curiosity. Critics say he did Marilyn no favors. I think it's the other way around. Marilyn Monroe did him no favors. And that's the end quote of the Schrader quote. And so I want to say this. Let's pretend for a second that... This, that blonde, and, and you know, if you're, if you're listening, you don't even have to have seen it. Um, although I think a lot of people saw it um, just on bizarre curiosity, honestly, because Netflix are, did a really good job with marketing of like, Ooh, it's NC 17. It's three hours long. There's, you know, and a gives a blowjob, job, you know, the whole nine yards. So a lot of people are just going to watch it out of curiosity. Um, but if you're not, if you're not familiar with, or if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you're familiar with the discourse. It's very Sexually explicit and it's, you know, Marilyn basically gets abused for three hours. And, you know, um, if this had been a movie about an anonymous Hollywood starlet, right, I think it would have been a good movie, right? Let's just look at it from that lens first. I think it would have been a good movie, not to say it would have been a masterpiece or it would have been flawless, but I think it would have been an interesting exercise in, you know, the, the, the rotten dream of Hollywood fame, right? There still would have been some issues with it. One of them is the depiction of sexual assault. We've talked about that. Um, a lot of times in the podcast, the woke people are right about this. Depicting that shit is unnecessary at best. And most of the time it is, it is exploitative and it's just, it's just borderline impossible to film a scene and make it that graphic when and make it um, feel like it actually belongs in the movie and it's not exploitative I guess is my point that would have been a problem regardless of if if it was about Monroe or if it was about an anonymous starlet so that's that's problem number one problem number two is it's too long and it's it's stuffed with a bunch of bullshit right there's there's a bunch of bullshit of like Marilyn just like talking to like Charlie Chaplin Jr. and like the stars and the sun and the, you know, all all this other like there's just nonsense. There's just like endless scenes of them just like talking about bullshit. So it's, you know, it could have used a trim regardless of who it was about. But if it had been about an anonymous starlet, I do think there's a lot to like about this movie. Schrader is right. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of the, the way that he um, you know, uses like all the different colors, all the different aspect ratios, all the different, you know, because basically he's recreating the imagery of the time, right? The widescreen that Monroe was in for say how to marry a millionaire. And then the, you know, four by three Academy ratio, black and white when she was in all about Eve, you know, and, and basically it, like, like he says, it's kaleidoscopic. It goes back and forth in time and in, adjust colors and aspect ratios. And there's a particular um, portion near the end where we get, you know, Marilyn Monroe's death that looks like a David Lynch movie. I mean, it is, it's shot in this eerie, you know, um, night vision style and it's really horrifying. Um, and of course, Anna de Armis performance has, has been universally praised and justly so, right? She is, she gives her all in this role in a way that, I think few actresses would have been willing to do uh, for a role like this. Um, And so I think there's a lot to commend about the movie, but it's one fatal flaw is the fact that it's about a real person and not just any real person, but it is about one of the most iconic screen actresses in the history of the world in the history of the cinema, right? That is a fatal flaw right? That is an absolutely 100% fatal flaw because Marilyn Monroe was a real person who had real feelings and real troubles and real problems. And a lot of those real issues, she put forth in diaries, she wrote about it. She a lot of it you can see in her performances, one of her one of my favorite Marilyn Monroe performances. is called Let's Make Love. And it is about a Broadway dancer that's that's Monroe and she is the whole movie. She is like um, the, the kind of gimmick is that she is, you know, a beautiful sex pot that uh, is very actually very smart. Right. And this is true in real life. Marilyn Monroe was very smart. She was a voracious reader and. Um, You know, and so like a lot of the so-called contradictions about Monroe, how can someone be hot and smart at the same time? She addressed this shit in, in her roles, right? Like, this is not some like amazing, brilliant insight that somebody had one day. How could Monroe be so beautiful and such an object? And yet, oh, she was also smart. She addressed that in the performances in some of her movies while she was alive. Right? So it's not some brilliant insight to look back and think about it. Right? So I think, I guess that's, that, that is my take, right? This is, it's disrespectful. It's exploitative and it's, it's kind of shameful. Why would you do this about a real person? Why would you, the stuff they depict in this movie is fucking disgusting. Like it really is. I mean, you know, I mean, we get uh, spoilers, I guess, but I mean, Within the first five minutes, I mean, she gets raped by a Hollywood studio executive to get her first role in all about Eve. Is that true? I don't know. People are going to think it's true after they watch this movie. Right. Uh, We get to see her. The JFK, the president of the United States, forcibly. uh, Make Marilyn Monroe give him a blowjob and we get a close up on her face while she's giving this blowjob. And we get her internal monologue saying, uh, be sure and swallow, be sure and swallow, like her internal monologue is saying that, right? And then we see her die of a drug overdose, we see her commit suicide. Now, if this was some kind of like two hour art project movie about an anonymous starlet, you know, whatever, whatever, then that would be an interesting artistic you know, thing, and it would be a movie that we could all talk about, and maybe it'd be good. Maybe some people like it. Maybe some people don't. Maybe it's misogynistic. Maybe it's not. Whatever, whatever. But this is about a real person, man. It's about a real fucking person who lived a real life and had a lot of interesting things about her life. She's very talented, and you just made a movie about her being forced to give a blowjob and having this internal monologue and like. This is not like Mark Zuckerberg and the social network, right? Mark Zuckerberg is one of the most evil people on the planet. And that movie is way too kind to him. Marilyn Monroe was just a woman. She was just an actress. And this movie puts that, that, that woman, that real life woman through the ringer. And it's for what, what did you do this for? You know, I, I know I'm monologuing. I know you've only seen the first 15 minutes of the movie, so I don't know how much you can add to this, but it's like, Dude, it's just, he should have fucking thought twice. I'm sorry. But, like, there are movies that are errors in concept and errors in execution. This is an error in concept. You shouldn't have made this fucking movie. It's disgusting. And it's an error in execution. You shouldn't have shown some of this shit, man. You just, you just shouldn't. It's, I mean, imagine if Marilyn Monroe had children and they watched this thing, right? Or grandchildren and they watched this thing. I mean, I don't know, man. Does it feel like I'm being overly moralizing? Because I just, I I just can't imagine. I can't imagine making this movie about a real person. I just can't. I just, and, and being like, yep, that's cool. That's a real person. Oh, is any of this stuff true? Oh, no, it's not true. Oh, is there a disclaimer that says none of this stuff is actually true? No. No, it's just, uh, we just made the movie Blonde. It's about Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) Well, i mean i don't know maybe i'm being overly moralizing but like dude i'm sorry as like a critic i know we're not real critics but like as watchers of movies i'm sorry we're allowed to call people out on their bullshit right and if you didn't make a work a great work of art you know then like i'm sorry you didn't make a great work of art you shouldn't have fucking made this thing you know it's a it's a gigantic piece of shit and you come off as a piece of shit for even for making it you know i don't know sorry i cut you off
0: well i'll say this on the one hand I personally don't believe in like sacred cows. I don't believe in anything being untouchable. So, if Marilyn Monroe had led a life like this, and we know there's accounts for it, either she had a journal or she wrote a memoir before she died, any of this, okay. Well, now you know, like, look, 90% of the shit that happened was real. And then we kind of, uh, exaggerated the rest and shit. Well, now you've got a movie because now you know like, okay, well, this shit is real. Like, we have it. She has them in Mars. We talk to people in Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. But you don't have that. right? And Marilyn Monroe is a very well-known actress in terms of old school Hollywood. Now, I'm not going to get into the waters of exploitative or not because I haven't seen it. I'm inclined to agree with you, but... It's, it's that, that is an artistically gray area in some ways. But the problem I have with Dominic in this situation is the interviews he did. Hmm. The interviews he did were hateful. It's like, you hate Marilyn Monroe, either, either you hate her or you're indifferent. Then why did you make this movie? Mm -hmm. Like you said some cruel shit. And also you said some shit that made no fucking sense. Like, look, I love Paul Schrader, but there is a reason studios typically don't let him in the press circuit. Right. Because Paul Schrader says crazy shit. And that's one reason I like him, but it's also a reason studios are scared of him. So they really should have kept Dominic on a leash a little bit when it comes to some of the shit he was saying about Monroe and the movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't didn't even get into that. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's another thing, man. It's like, you know, artists should not be like, and I think I want to be clear, we're trying to be respectful to, to art here and artists, which, which I think we, we always try to be right. Because I think there's a tendency to overly moralize and be like, you made a movie about a gangster. That means that you endorse the behavior, you know, that whole tired, you know, we're all tired of it by now. um, uh, Criticism, you know, and you know, I'm. I don't want to be that for this movie, but dude, I'm. I'm sorry, man. You just, and especially when it comes to his interviews, like it's. It's like individually, any of these things would be. Individually, any of these things would be, okay, right? Like, okay, well, you didn't explain your work properly in an interview. That's fine, right? You shouldn't. You shouldn't have to. That shouldn't be a burden that's placed on an artist, right? But all of them combined, well, yeah, you're right. It really seems like you just fucking hate Marilyn Monroe. And maybe you hate women in general, right? And that is not a that is not an accusation or, or a claim that I levy lightly, right? I don't think because somebody made a movie about misogyny, they're automatically a misogynist. Buddy, Dominic really seems like one. I mean, the interview I think you're referencing, and there's a few interviews he's given that are just, they make no yeah, sense. Yeah, that's
0: the problem. There's a few interviews he's given. Like, it wasn't just
1: a one-off. Right. But the one the one interview was with Christina Newland in Sight and Sound, where he talks about gentlemen prefer blondes, and he talks about like, does anybody watch that movie? Like, who cares about that movie or whatever? Which is also Howard Hawks' erasure, you know. I mean, but and then he talks about like he he keeps he, like some like Christina Newland is like, well, they're they're glamorous movies, and she he, she he's like, what because they're dressed well. And she's like, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. Okay. Hollywood fantasy, right? It, sorry. You're not familiar with Hollywood fantasy, Mr. Dominic, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Western, you know, and he goes, oh, but it's just glamorous. Uh, it's glamorizing like whores basically. And it's like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: sorry. Why? Why was Marilyn Monroe? And Jane Russell, why are they whores? And gentlemen prefer blondes. Like, y- you know what I mean? Uh, like, <laughs> uh, I, that's that's a tough look, man. It's a tough look. And he he repeatedly calls Marilyn a whore, a whore. Think about that, dude. Like, he calls her a whore multiple times in multiple interviews, and some people called him out for it, and and but some people didn't, and it's like, dude. I'm sorry but you can't convince me that this movie is an act of empathy towards Marilyn like th- the the camera is hostile towards her in this movie and I'm sorry it's not a, it's that's not that's not art to me or it is it is art technically but it's not that is not good art to me y- you seem to have some contempt for Marilyn Monroe and the contempt seems to stem from the fact that you view her as basically a worthless whore. His words, not mine, Uh, not worthless, but whore. He views her as a worthless whore who, um, who, who somehow got rich and famous off of her looks, right? And then she should be lucky, right? She should feel lucky and gratitude that she was a worthless whore that we made rich and famous, and instead she spat upon it by killing herself that is the that is the impression that Dominic gives off in his interviews and in the movie and I'm sorry that perspective that point of view is is objectionable when it comes to the point of view of the artist, right The world he creates is one in which Marilyn deserved all the bad things that happened to her and I'm sorry, but if you're an artist and you, you create that world and that's the artistic vision of the world, it's your right to make that work of art, but it's also my right to say that it's disgusting and that you, you shouldn't have made it. And it's a piece of shit. And I don't know, man, it's just, you know, I don't know. We can, we can move on and talk about something else, but it just, it just fucking, I don't know, man, the movie really like, if it had been, if it had just been about anybody else, but the fact that they made it about a real person and like, Dude, there's a, it's not even just Marilyn either. There's a scene where um, Bobby Cannavale plays uh, Joe DiMaggio. And uh, uh, basically there's a, there's a little thing in the movie where Joe DiMaggio discovers that she was a pinup model before she was an actress, which I mean, who, you know, who knows if that's true? Like, no, we, we don't know. This is all just made up. Like Joyce Carol Oates, the writer of the novel, like has been very explicit. Like she she made like 99% of this stuff up. And like he finds out that she was a pinup model, of course it's unlikely he didn't know this before they got married, and he comes home and he starts beating her. And it's like, did Joe DiMaggio really do that? Ah, we don't know. We, we probably not, but here it is in a movie. <laughs>
0: like, well, there there's a movie that came out in 2005, and it's called Last Days, and it is a Gus Van Sant movie. Now, I don't know if you've seen it.
1: Yeah, the Kurt Cobain movie, right?
0: Kind. Of, that's the thing. That's where I'm going with this. Yeah, it's not it Kurt described Cobain. As yeah, it's a fictionalized account of the last days of a musician, based loosely on Kurt Cobain. All they had to do, like you said, and and you saying that reminded me of that movie because I remember watching that movie, and like then, like it was the theater full of people, and people were like, "What the fuck?" Like, so this wasn't Kurt Cobain. So you, like, there's really no way to win when it comes to, like, really following a blueprint of someone's life. Sure. But then it not being them. But the movie would have at least separated itself from certain accusations had he made it about, oh, a starlet in old school Hollywood. And then we could be having this conversation where we're like, we're pretty sure that was Marilyn Monroe but we don't know. So it wouldn't have been, a, a, it still wouldn't have been a win to help him escape certain like, Oh, well you're misogynistic, you're sexist, blah, blah, blah. But at least it would have separated itself from, no, this is a movie about Marilyn Monroe, but here's the kicker. The book that it's based on is mostly made up. Right. So I, I think that that's the biggest issue from what I've read online. And from what I've heard you talking about, where if they would have just made, that like kind of disclaimer i think it really could have helped
1: yeah i mean i'm not saying it would have been a great movie but there are some things i would you know i like about it and there are you know what i mean it would have been it would have been a movie we could talk about and pull apart and whatever whatever but like instead you know making it a movie about marilyn monroe really it it fucks with all that <laughs> you know what i mean like it's like Well, it's like, oh, well, can't you just watch it and pretend that it's about an anonymous starlet? No, you can't. It is like it's very explicitly about Marilyn Monroe, a real person, you know, and not not like it's about Norma Jean. Norma Jean was, you know, Marilyn's real name. And like, it's about her. Like, it's not it's not about the stage presence of Marilyn Monroe. No, it's about her life. Like and. I mean, even like, dude, even like, this is a question at the dear heart of movies, I think. I mean, look at Citizen Kane, right? One of the greatest directors to ever live was blacklisted from Hollywood because the movie that he made, you know, too closely mirrored William Randolph Hearst. Even though William Randolph Hearst's name is never mentioned, right? Um, There's a lot of key differences between Kane and Hearst, but it was enough. Right. It was a we know what you're doing here. And this was about William Randolph Hearst. By all accounts, an evil man who (laughs) controlled, you know, the media and like put down like a socialist uprising in California. You know, like this is by all accounts, a genuinely evil man. And like Orson Welles got banned from Hollywood and was never able to go back because of this. Is it is I'm not I'm not advocating this, but I'm just saying I'm drawing the comparison. Is anybody going to ban Dominic from anything? And no, they're probably going to nominate him for an award or two, right? Like, oh yeah, is, is, movie, is anybody nominate- going to
0: get nominations?
1: Huh?
0: Yeah, the movie's going to get nominations. Right.
1: I mean. That's what I'm saying. Like, is anybody going to ban Dominic? I'm not saying he should be banned, but I think the comparison is is interesting because it's like, no, no one's going to ban anybody from anything because Marilyn Monroe has no real power in the world right now because she's fucking dead because she had mental illness and she fucking killed herself, right? She's powerless right now. Marilyn is powerless to defend herself from this. William Randolph Hearst, however, he's powerful enough to get one of the most brilliant screen artists we've ever seen completely banned from Hollywood for the rest of his life. Right? So it's, it, it's such an interesting comparison because it's like it's an easy target. It's like, yeah, you want to make a movie about how Marilyn Monroe was a, a worthless whore who didn't deserve all of her fame. And then, you know, your antipathy for her and all this and all this bullshit. Yeah, you can do that. You know why you can do that? Cause she's fucking dead and she can't say anything about it. She can't even like, she can't rebut it. She can't, she doesn't even have any kids or family who can, who can step up and be like, Oh, Hey, this was messed up. She was a fucking orphan. And like with no family, and this is the girl you decide to pick on because she's a quote unquote whore. Your words, not mine. Right. I, I just, man, I don't know. I know. I know I'm getting too, too more getting too wrapped up in this, but it's I'm sorry. It's fucking bullshit, man. It's like this isn't like and, and the conversation is deeper than the one people are having, I think, on Twitter and online and stuff online. It's like bad things happened to Marilyn Monroe. So therefore, this is a bad movie that you shouldn't watch. And it's like, no, no, no. It's deeper than that it's deeper than that this is this is a real person who is defenseless because she's fucking dead and ha- and has no legacy or estate or you know any of that shit and it's just like yeah here's the here's the movie here it goes here she here she is uh, sucking the president's dick he forced her to while he watched the news you know here she is sleeping with somebody to get her first job on all about eve oh did that happen i don't know probably not probably not but here it is in the movie anyways like here she is purposefully overdosing on pills like in, in a Hollywood Fantasia nightmare. Oh, did, did, is that how it really happened? Oh no, 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 no. That's not how it really happened. We just, we just, we're making a movie here, dude. I'm sorry, but that shit is, that shit is fucked up, man. It's fucked up. If that's your point of view as an artist, it's a shitty one. And you don't, uh, you deserve, you deserve for people not to, uh, for people not to like or enjoy your art, but you're right. It's, it's got the right people behind it. Marilyn's defenseless. Netflix is not, this is going to get nominations and, you know, all this other shit. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, Marilyn Monroe is still in the fucking grave with her with, for absolutely no reason with her name and reputation getting pissed on, you know, 50 years later or 70 years later, just like it was when she was alive. Like, dude, Get the fuck out of here with that shit, man. I it just Okay. All right, I'm done. I'm done. I mean, it just it just pisses me off, man. Well, folks, she's dead. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I I'm
1: <laughs> Oh, Jesus.
0: I'm probably never going to watch finish watch the movie. Like I said, I got like 15 20 minutes in. Um it's just such a long slog, and honestly, I just I'm not really wrapped up in it from like a moral perspective or anything. I just, it's such a long slog and it's like, fuck dude. Like I've I've heard, I've I've heard pretty much so much shit about it, all the details and stuff. So it's like, I just, whatever, man, like, you know, I don't even know if this should be considered a prestige picture, even though it's, it's, it is considered that. But I mean, honestly, it just sounds like, sounds like just a movie. Like it doesn't sound. There's nothing special behind it. I don't know. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, even so. even aside from all the moral stuff that I'm, you know, waxing eloquent about, it's like, dude, if you had made a good movie, I, I would have been that would I would have been fine with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if you'd made a good movie, like I would have, I would have been like, well, you know, I think there's some morally objectionable things to this, but hey, he made one goddamn hell of a movie, but but he didn't. You know, that's your number one job. Your number one job is to entertain people for the three hours of your time that you took away. And you didn't do that. You know, the biggest
0: thing I'm mad about is the fact that this is what he's been spending his time and effort on. And he could have been making something else that I was more interested in.
1: I guess I'm done. I'm done with Dominic and I'm done with, it's like the Fincher thing. It's like, yeah, you're seriously done with Dominic after this. Like you're not going to watch his next movie. No, of course I'm going to watch his next movie. I just mean like, uh, like I'm done, like thinking he's, he's a good director, I guess, you know what I mean? It's like some of this, some of the, some of these things are such spectacular failures that it's like, it's like Fincher. Like, I'm not saying he's a bad director, but it's like, I'm not going to be waiting with bated breath for his next movie. Same thing with Dominic. It's like, sorry guys, you know, you really shit the bed on, on on this one, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I I don't, I don't know. I I still mean that in my opinion, he's made two masterpieces. So I can't, I can't, uh, write him off that much but
1: um I'm not writing him off. Yeah. I mean I, I guess I don't know what I'm doing. I mean nothing nothing I guess just my attitude towards him is changing like but like I mean I'll I'll still watch his movies and who knows maybe they'll be good. But this is a dude this is a big this is not Finchers a different example dude cuz Finchers made a bunch of great movies. Like this guy's 2 for 3 which is you know better than most but like you know what I mean? This it's a pretty big failure I think. Like I don't know. I don't know how many points this takes off of his, like, you know, his heat meter, but I think it shaves a few off, you know?
0: Also, like you like to tell me sometimes, I think you're too close to it. You're a big Monroe fan. You might be too close. I don't know, bro. I don't know.
1: I mean, so. I guess, but like, I, I will say this and just to clarify, I'm not even that big of a Monroe fan. I'm a fan of hers in the same way that I, like, I, I wouldn't say I'm a bigger Marilyn Monroe fan than I am of Cary Grant or Bogart or even Audrey Hepburn, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, like I, I would, I wouldn't say I'm a bigger fan of her than, I don't know, probably five or six other like classic Hollywood actors. The, the only thing is I would, I would say I I take her seriously as an actress because I think she was like very talented, um, you know, as an actress and stuff. So like, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't say, I, I would say I'm a fan in the sense that I'm more of a fan than the average person, but it's not You know, I don't, maybe I am too close to it. I don't know. I dude, I just, the power thing is what gets me. And I'm not talking about some bullshit power imbalance. I'm talking about the fact that she's fucking dead and she has no estate. She has no, you know, there's nobody there to defend her. Like there's no, you know, there's no family to be like, uh, we didn't have anything to do with this and it's bullshit, which not that that would affect anything, but at least it'd be something, you know, like at least it'd be. I don't know man, that just bothers me, man like leave the dead alone, man, especially the dead who had difficult lives, you know i I just there's something about it that bothers me man it's 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 I don't know man there's just something about it that bothers me about about picking on this fucking dead woman who by all accounts had a miserable fucking life, you know, like there's just something untoward about that, I don't know what it is.
0: Well, I don't know because I haven't, I mean, I guess if I, if I had seen it, I could have a, 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 a bigger opinion about what's actually like what you're talking about. But since I haven't, my opinion can only be, I just have no interest in seeing it. It doesn't seem like a movie that's worth two hours and 45 minutes. Like
1: so it's definitely not yeah i know i know this has been i've been monologuing for the last half hour but i feel strongly about this this is you know this is i don't know whatever it, it just and the fact that it's a big netflix movie like you know this is not just some like art house release that that nobody's gonna see this is like a huge big thing with like billboards and shit like i don't know man it's just it's just fucking depressing about the state of the world you know i don't know
0: Well, I mean, um, yeah, I've been watching scary movies, so I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I've been actually doing things that I'm supposed to do during the holiday or during the Halloween season. Wait, did
1: you even get to talk about any of your scary movies? No, I didn't. So guys, uh, our,
0: our scary movie discussion was taken over by my Marilyn Monroe obsessed (laughs) co-host. Um, (laughs) Anyway I will say this I uh, I went and saw smile because oh, it shit, made a lot really? of money yeah I wasn't on board with it I thought the trailer looked beyond terrible I thought the movie looked beyond terrible but my wife wanted to see it as Halloween so I was like fuck it I went in with super low expectations ended up enjoying it I thought it was I thought it was well done uh it's worth going to see in the theater it'll keep you on the edge of your seat if you're a horror fan I typically don't respond to horror that way. Uh, so I enjoyed it, but uh, the the rest of the theater was screaming the entire time and freaking the fuck out. So it scares people. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, aside from when they wouldn't shut the fuck up, which is also a problem. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So I watched Smile, and then another one. I'll say Mr. Harrigan's Phone is a uh, is a Netflix movie they just made based on a fantastic Stephen King short that I'm a big fan of from his uh, If It Bleeds short stories he put out a while back. Anyway, it is now streaming on Netflix. Check it out. It is a uh it's a really interesting examination of uh a little horror twist of our obsession with phones and and the internet and uh and just how we communicate as 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 human beings. It's uh, it's really good. So and also it has somebody that I think is Hollywood royalty that does not get enough credit and that's Donald Sutherland. Mm. The man is a god. So um so watch him because he gives a great performance.
1: Yeah, I'll say um, that that smile, man. Those PR department people that smile are working overtime. Have you seen them at the baseball games and stuff?
0: Yeah, dude they they had it, and that's why the movie works so well in terms of you never knew when a scare was going to come because, like, no spoiler, but like clearly uh, the thing that it is pursuing these people can take the form of people they know, or, or people, or, or people on the street. So, um, it it was a movie that. If you're if if you're scared by horror, it will be very effective because you never know when a scare is going to come. And they really helped control their budget by doing that. Um,
1: yeah, so, that sounds spooky. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, it, it was it was very it was it was good. It, I I was honestly kind of blown away that it cost them seventeen million dollars to make it. I honestly thought it was like a micro budget horror. So I was a little surprised by that. But they're still going to. They're still going to make a, a pretty good profit. It was a little long horror movies. I don't really think typically should should be an hour and fifty five minutes, depending on the uh, the material. This should not have been. This should have been about an hour and forty at most. So,
1: but yeah. Either well, way. Um, well, thank you for getting us uh, back onto the topic of you know fun movies as opposed to me just monologuing about um, about blonde for thirty fucking minutes. Well,
0: hey, cut all we're that out talk about way. blind. Can you do me a
1: favor, cut all that out and post. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know if I can do that. There goes the whole episode. But, uh, yeah, but anyway, hey, it's a good conversation. Blind is timely, uh, and uh, and yeah, so
1: yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? It's a big movie. Everybody talking about it. You know,
0: that's true. Hey, man, I, I I agree. So
1: anyway, I think we're ready to wrap this up. You got anything else to add? Yeah, one more thing about. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> um guys follow us on twitter instagram any of that also if you are curious about blonde watch it it's on it's on netflix we need uh so so watch it and let us know what you think do you have the same issues? some people like this movie some people uh some people are, are talking good about it so check it out if you if you dare and uh yeah anyway uh yeah, guys. I mean, that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much it this week. So next week we'll hit you up with the movie that we were supposed to do this week, and uh, and yeah, but no shade to you. So
1: <laughs> shade taken.
0: Anyway, guys, uh, thanks for stopping by the Silver Screen Video. It's Halloween, so I'm going to remind you again: watch some scary fucking movies, have fun. We only get a month, so uh, anyway, guys, uh, see you next week at the Silver Screen Video.